Hello and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, the only podcast where Jeremiah Stringer shares a wealth of knowledge that only comes from the smartest man in Kentucky. Jeremiah, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, man. I look like a wild man. For those that are watching, they can see I look crazy. But uh, if you're just listening, I actually went on a hike today and uh, super fun. Just a little day hike. We had a three-year-old. That was very entertaining, but I come back exhausted. So that was a, a little bit of a twisted turn. You now know every day of my life. Yeah. Three-year-old and a two-year-old. So you could just imagine how ridiculous it gets sometimes. So yeah, my buddy, um, he wanted to give his wife like uh, the day off pretty much. She always is watching their son a lot. So turned out to be super fun, man. Got to see Van Hook Falls, which I know you've seen before because you threw hike the shell toey. Yeah, man. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I love, there's so many waterfalls along the Sheltoe Trace. Oh, so, for sure, bro. And we didn't get lost. What? We did not get lost. That is an incredible segue <laughs> into our topic for today, Jeremiah. I'm full we're, of wrong turns, but I just made a right one. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about getting lost in the woods. Uh, that's literally what we're going to talk about. Um, some of the ups and downs that we've gone through and, and ways to prevent that from happening. And uh, it, it's crazy because I don't know about you, man, but I have been lost in the woods on multiple occasions. Uh, not as much <laughs> recently as back in the day, but I have had my moments where uh, it was quite embarrassing and almost cost me a girlfriend one time. <laughs> this sounds like a story. It is a story. It is a story. But before we go too far, since we're talking about getting lost in the woods, let's talk about today's sponsor for our podcast, and that is Art of the Trek. Uh, we're really excited about having Art of Trek sponsor this today because they are all about the community of backpackers. They have a website where you can plan out trips, get your maps printed out, everything completely free and it's crazy that the maps themselves are fantastic and they have all of these crazy overlays have you checked these out jeremiah yeah i'm actually on artofthetrek.com right now their website and you can create a custom route or choose an existing route but like john said they have all these map overlays which are basically layers that you would add to your map and some of my favorites are the satellite view because i'm literally getting to see what it would look like on something like Google Maps, and then their campsites on there, and scenic locations, super cool. Got some treasures. I actually discovered some around the gorge using their software, and then trailheads, so you can see where you want to start and stop. And if you want to actually participate and be part of the community, there's a giant orange button at the bottom with a plus sign, and you can add your own um, scenic locations, trailheads, and campsites, and they'll put them on the public map for you. And John, I think that you actually already did this. Yeah, I did it earlier today. I went on and, and did some pictures of my favorite place in the River Gorge, and that's Hanson's Point. Uh, threw on one of my pictures from up on Hanson's Point, and they said in the next hour or so, or a few hours, I guess, it should be up. Dude, these overlays, though, satellite, trail view, avalanche slopes, campsite, scenic locations, huts, shelters, <laughs> camping, fires, trailheads. Dude, they, it's crazy. And the reason why I think it's crazy is because if you use most map programs, you have to pay for that. Yeah, I pay for it on all trails, and <laughs> you can download them after. But on Art of the Trek, it's after you've free. created your route, yeah, you can download that, too, a GPX file to open up on your phone. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And all of it is absolutely free. They're all about building up the community and helping backpackers get on the, on the trail. And so thank you to Art of the Trek for sponsoring today's show. Uh, let's get back into it, though. Let's talk about getting lost in the woods, Jeremiah. Because <laughs> I, I have a great story for you. Okay, is this about the girlfriend or ex girlfriend? This is about the girlfriend. This, this is definitely ex girlfriend, like way ex, like twenty years ago ex. Okay, um, because I'm old as dirt. So <laughs> here's 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 the situation. Uh, she was big into hiking and being outdoors. I like watching movies, eating at restaurants, video games. You know, yeah. like <laughs> those are different football. hobbies. These are not the same thing, you know? And so I was not really into outdoors at the time, the outdoors, I should say. And so uh, I, I'd never been on a hike in my life, not one. And so I decided I would take her out to Greenbow Lake in eastern Kentucky, and we'd go for a hike. It was near the college I was attending. And so we went to Greenbow Lake, and uh, we decided to go for this hike. I was going to impress her. It was only like three miles out and three miles back, so it wasn't like – horribly long but it was it was good um we didn't take any water because it's gonna be a shorter hike <laughs> it was fall so you know like it's not that hot but it was like 85 and so we we didn't take any water we were both wearing tennis shoes i think i don't think either one of us was wearing like hiking boots or shoes yeah and so we hike out and we keep hiking we keep hiking i'm start looking at my watch it's been several hours i'm like what is going on Oh, that should have taken like three hours max, probably. Yeah. We hiked 12 miles that day. Oh, my gosh. We had no water. <laughs> and we had we had been dating before and had broken up. And so I was trying to get her back. <laughs> John out here winning hearts and, hiking. Uh, and so we hiked the 12 miles and uh, we got back. There was a water fountain, and even though I needed that water badly, she could drink it till the end of the day if she wanted to by the time we got there because I was so embarrassed and felt stupid. Oh. Like, we just kept hiking. I thought the What trail, happened? I don't know. To this day, I have no idea. Like, I don't – I've not been back to Greenbow Lake in over 20 years because I'm, I just have a hard <laughs> – I can't imagine going back. There's just too many harsh memories, man. You're traumatized, uh, dude. I am forever, forever, completely traumatized. So – uh Long story short, we came back. We were completely famished, but I ended up dating her again. She did not leave me over that. So that was, you know, true love won that day, at least for a year or so. So uh, <laughs> you didn't marry her? No, 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 no. I, I married the woman I'm supposed to marry. So I'm very happy with where I am right now. But yeah, that was that was the first time I'd ever been hiking, and it was supposed to be like three to six miles, something like that, and I ended up hiking 12. Bro, what a terrible first hiking experience. Uh, it was horrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any maps. I just assumed it's a trail. It'll tell you where to go. I have... Uh, that didn't happen. I've never been, like, legitimately lost while hiking and backpacking. I have definitely taken a number of wrong turns. I'll tell you here in a second about actually being lost while in the woods. But one time... Uh, me and Bridget, my wife, and another couple that we're friends with, Kristen and Kevin, um, we decided to go to Red River Gorge because that's where we met. And we were like, oh, let's do like a rendezvous, you know? And we went there 
and hiked. And then I was kind of in charge of navigating. I have no idea why they must've never <laughs> met me before. And so, Hey dude, you're better than Dan Becker. Yeah, that That's is true. I, I love Dan, but if you're going to get lost, go with Dan. <laughs> Navigationally you, challenged. They you call notice it. He usually goes on trips where somebody else is in charge. Like he's not stupid. Yeah. Well, I should have left somebody else in charge because there at some point we were supposed to make a left and I just kept going straight. And once we started going uphill, I knew we were going the wrong way and we walked for like a mile. But I, I think that we crossed a Creek the wrong way or something. We we're supposed to follow the Creek, but we crossed it and make a left there, bro. We walked like all the way up. Like you're going to chimney top rock, which I don't know if everybody knows where that is, but we we're having to walk uphill and where we wanted to go was definitely not uphill and Bridget she was so exhausted we had been backpacking oh, for multiple days at this point and or this is maybe day two or maybe day three we were stopping and she was so exhausted we had got poured on the entire previous day pretty oh, much yeah. um like had to set up the tents and puddles and we got I was like Bridget I got some bad news we had definitely taken a wrong turn and she just sat down and just broke down and oh, I had, no. yes, I felt so terrible. I still feel bad about it. And she just, oh, she just sitting there and I was like, let's just stop for a few minutes, drink some water, eat something, recover, and I'll make sure that we're going the right way. And, uh, yeah, I'm still married to her. So it turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't go on a lot of trips with me. Yeah. That's but great. I'll tell you about actually being lost in the woods, like lost, lost. Yeah. yeah it didn't, it. it didn't last uh, too long because I think one of the best things that you can do whenever you do get lost is to keep your head about you. Like the worst thing you can do is panic. Right. So um, I think I mentioned before on one of the episodes about taking these trips to land between the lakes in Kentucky. And on one of these trips, I was squirrel hunting and I was actually squirrel hunting with a buddy, but we were driving separate. So I got the bright idea of, hey, I didn't do too well on the way. Like we we had hunted. He done much better than me. So I guess pride got a little bit in the way. <laughs> and I knew that we wanted to skin those squirrels and fry them up and then make squirrel gravy in the morning, too. So now, we get for to the people who are tuning in for the first time. Jeremiah <laughs> is very much from Kentucky. And yeah. If you're if you're in California or Oregon or Washington right now, and you're hearing, we are gonna skin those squirrels and make some squirrel gravy in the morning. Yes, that's for real. <laughs> yes, he's really not joking. He's not joking at all. That's for real. Yeah, 100%. I'm being for real. So, and the easiest way to skin those squirrels is you just like cut around their stomach and back, and then you and somebody else can stand on opposite sides and just whoosh, comes right off like a sock, man. Super easy. <laughs> just like that just like that everybody is collectively like gagging online right now so anyway i guess my pride got a little bit in the way and i was like you know what it's not dark yet um we're on our way back i'm gonna pull off here and take this path and see if i can kill a few squirrels you know that way i can contribute because everybody at camp is gonna be eating these squirrels so i pull off and sure enough i walk I don't know, a few minutes up this trail and there's a stop and you just wait and everything's quiet. And then you hear everything come to life and you hear the the squirrels, you know, chalking at you and, um, you know, chatter and stuff. 
So I see three of them and I shoot all three. And then I put my water bottle down. Yeah, I had a pump action shotgun. Dang, so I didn't shoot them all in the same <laughs> shot. <laughs> Typically, whenever you shoot, like if you just wait a minute, the squirrels will freeze whenever they hear the gunshot. And then that gives you enough time to reload. And then if you wait for a minute, they're like, oh, you know, I guess nothing happened, even though their buddies did. And so <laughs> I, I know because you wow. shoot them, they just fall out of the tree onto the ground. Then you can go pick them up, which Peter was the issue. This one. <laughs> Who, PETA? Oh, PETA doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah, I know. We're definitely not getting sponsored by PETA. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I shoot the squirrels and then I go to pick them up and I put my water bottle down. And then there's some empty shotgun shells, obviously, where I just shot. So I go to look and um, I find two of the squirrels and I look for like five minutes all over the ground and squirrels are very, very well camouflaged and I can't find this third squirrel anywhere. And I'm like, well, uh, unfortunately, I guess that I'm not eating this squirrel. I guess some coyote or something like that's going to be eating it, you know, or it's going to rot and fertilize the ground. So I took the squirrels, I was wearing cargo pants, stuck them in my pockets, and then I looked around, and I was like, oh, uh-oh, where's the trail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got to think, dude, I was looking around oh, for man. this squirrel on the ground everywhere and couldn't find it, crawling over logs, looking around, trying to see where it fell, and then I was like, oh, man, I, I can't find the trail, although I did know that my water bottle and those shells had to be laying there. So I know that I have to go back there, pick up those shells. I don't want to just leave them and pick up my water bottle and walk back to the truck. So here's what I did to keep my head about me. First thing I did was check and see if I had cell phone service. No cell phone service. Because if I had cell phone service, I was just going to call one of my friends that are at the campsite. And that campsite is like a three, five minute drive from where I parked my truck. And I was just going to call them and say, hey come to where my truck is and walk his trail and just yell. And when I hear you, I'll yell back and then I can just come, come to where you are. Right. Well, no cell phone service. And this wasn't like super recent. This was when I was in college, which has been a while. So I'm using like a, an old phone. It's not like iPhone now where I can just go to an app and see where I am. Right. And I didn't have cell phone service. There's no GPS where I can see where to go. And so I'm like, okay, I need a base camp. I don't want to spend the night out here. And I know the trail has to be somewhere around where I'm at right now. So the way I picked my base camp was there's this gigantic tree right where I was standing. And I was like, I'm going to let that tree be my base camp. And then I kept walking out like bicycle spokes in different directions. You know, I don't know, walk out till I could hardly see the tree and then walk back. And I knew I'd bump into the trail and then finally I did, and I, I happened to, out of the corner of my eye, see like my water bottle laying there. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. How long, so, how long did that take? I don't know. It seemed like forever. It probably took 10 minutes. The whole sequence of events probably took 15, 20 minutes. But to me, it felt like an eternity because- It probably felt like two or three hours. <laughs> yes. There's somebody at our camp. One of my buddy's cousins that I was gone with, he was just telling us the night before about him. He was out deer hunting and then it got dark and he thought that he knew where to go back to his truck at. 
because you like leave your deer stand and you come back the next morning and hunt more. So he starts walking out to his truck and then he walks in the wrong direction, I guess. And he walked for hours and hours. And finally, like at some point, somebody picked him up on a road. He found a road. And they're like, you're way far away from where you had been. So I was already paranoid. You know, I'm thinking in my mind, I can't turn out like him. Right. I need to get back to my truck right. and self-rescue. That's incredible. Man. <laughs> well, that's that's lost. Dude, I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than being lost either. Like it's, it's the most helpless feeling in the world, especially when you're alone and you're, you're the only person you can depend on to find your way back. Um, I think there are three really good ways to prevent getting lost when you're in the woods. And I'm going to add a fourth one at the end, and let me see what you think about these these three ways. Okay. The first one is get a get a map and a compass. Yes. Old school. Just have them have a topo a topo map and and a compass so that you can see your elevations. So if you're if you notice that you're on a slope, that helps you kind of figure out where you are. You can pull out your compass, go in the right direction, get back on the trail. Um, people who know how to use a map and a compass rarely ever get lost for long. You remind me, dude, I want to come back. I want to hear all your points, but I definitely want to come back to that one too. And I, I want to tell you about um, Adam and what, what he had to do with the map and compass recently. Okay. That'd be great. And then the next one uh, would be your, your phone, your phone. You can download these GPS programs and almost every phone now has a GPS unit within it so that you'll be able to find yourself on any trail. I know I use Gaia is one of the big, uh, uh, apps that I use, as well as uh, uh, the one you were just talking about a few minutes ago. Um, all trails. All trails. I use those are the two that I use the most. Mm-hmm. Probably use Gaia the most. I usually plan my trips out on that and, and use it. And what's great is um, we were checking out Art of the Trek. Even even if you use that, you can uh, create a GPX file that you can upload into Gaia so that your your trails there, which is nice. Yeah, I did that. Um, I, I downloaded. Uh, a file a gpx file from art of the trek onto gaia and was checking out and it basically shows up like a highlighted line for that trail it, yep. it works out perfect yeah and it's so those kinds of apps are out there you've got other ones i think rei has one uh that, it's called the hiking use, project the hiking project yep mm-hmm. you can use that one there's topo maps which is another one uh there's just a bunch of them out there that you can use and they're a great option. And honestly, these days, they're just about as dependable as anything you're going to use. The only thing you have to worry about is uh, if your phone, if it rains and your phone gets destroyed by the rain and the water, or if uh, your battery's not charged, you know, that there's some downfalls to that using the phone. But the phone is a great option for people going out and getting on the trail. A third option is a GPS unit, you know, like, like one of the Garmin units where you can have the map right there on your screen where you can leave waypoints along the way so people can see where you've been. Um, Great options there. I think those are all three great ways, but the best way to not get lost on a trail is make sure you go on a trip with somebody who's been there before and they're the ones leading the trip. I I can't think of a better way (laughs) to protect yourself going out on a trail than to be out there with somebody who knows what they're doing. When I was in Alabama just a a week or two ago, man, had I not had uh, Crow along with me, Dude, we I don't I would have never known we were going for some of this because there were places along the trail where uh, so much there was a hurricane that had come through and blown down a lot of trees, and so there were places where you couldn't find the trail, but he knew where to go, so we didn't get lost. And so it, it having somebody who understands that trail network is really vital. Like Jason Wall, you talk about somebody who's good to have on a trail with you. 
Yeah, backpacking with Jason. He's got a YouTube channel. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. (laughs) Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Stick that in his comments if you do watch some of his videos. But backpacking with Jason is like a master of Red River Gorge because he grew up there. And typically when you grow up, you know, in in a set of woods, you learn them super, super well. And I think what you're saying is a very powerful tool. I do know that some people comment on my videos and they're like, I only go out solo and that's cool too, because yeah. John listed a number of other ways. And I think one of the most important things that you can do is plan ahead. Like it's 100%. all about being prepared. And a lot of times backpacking, you know, you have a ton of resources on you. So if you did get lost, you still have like, you can make clean water using a filter or drops. You have some food, but to pr- the, the whole thing is to be proactive like do preventative maintenance so you're not getting lost. So planning ahead, using those resources, like we mentioned a bunch today, Art of the Trek, they sponsored the episode. That's a great resource because you can literally plan exactly the route that you're going to go on and um, pairing that with, you know, some app, you can see in real time exactly where you are on trail. Well, when you go out backpacking, you're, you're looking at doing survival at its most basic. I mean, you're going out of the woods. You've got to bring everything you need on your back. If you need more water, you've got to go to water sources and you've got to filter it. Um, if you're going to eat, you've got to have it either in your pack or you're going to go fishing or something to find the food. Um, I've been a big fan of the of the show Alone. Have you watched that? Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm pretty much caught up on Alone. Oh, I'm watching Those... season six right now, and uh, they're down to the final three on it like I'm, I'm up to the lat the final three on it but uh, you know when you're backpacking you're not going anything that extreme right but you are needing to understand survival so like you said if, if you're going to go on a trip you definitely want to be planning this in advance you don't want to just go out and wing it um right. that's very dangerous if you don't know the trail system well someone like jason walk could or ba- mr backpacking with jason sir jason walk <laughs> he could go out into the woods a- at the red river gorge and just say i'm gonna be out here for a week and he'll be fine he'll know his yeah. way back because he knows those woods like the back of his hand but for someone like me who i know them but i don't know them like that mm-hmm. i still have to plan my trips i still have to have an idea of what i'm going to do the miles i'm going to do where i'm going to find water those are things that you want to plan in advance because if you don't, you could be looking at catastrophe. You know, we were talking about, um, I want to circle back to it, the maps and compass. So whenever I was, huge surprise here, <laughs> whenever I was in uh, like grade school and middle school, I participated in something called Science Olympiad, which is basically like a sport, but for nerds. Oh, and, we had that. We had that up in Ohio. It was called Odyssey of the Mind. Yeah, you do different competitions with different things. One of my yep. competitions I studied for was topography. Oh wow! And you basically are studying maps, and you're studying geography. You're studying the the formations on the maps, and I love looking at topographic maps. And if you don't know what those are. Uh, basically, you're going to be able to see the elevation changes and some of the features on the map. And, uh, it, you know, for instance, like you'll see these little lines on maps. I'm not trying to give you all a, fu- a full tutorial here. So this is just <laughs> the basics. The closer the lines are together on those elevation, um, those contour lines, the closer they are together, the steeper it's going to be. The farther they are apart, the uh, less steep. Yeah, it's going to be a gradual climb, or it could just be flat. 
and they'll have the elevation on there. So it could tell you actually how many hundreds or thousands of feet up you are. So um, what Adam or Serial Photog is the name of his channel and Instagram, if y'all want to check him out. He is also on the search and rescue team that does a lot of search and rescue in Red River Gorge. And recently they had a training. You got to do all kinds of training for search and rescue. And he stays really busy at that. And their training was they took them and dropped them in the middle of the woods. And they didn't tell them where they were at all. You're just somewhere in the general area of the gorge. And they gave them a topographic map and a compass. No GPS, no phone, couldn't use it. And you had to terrain associate which is basically what John was talking about earlier. You're looking, you're picking a high point most of the time. And I'm not, I'm no expert on this. So take everything I'm saying with a, a high grain point of salt. Or a body here. of water. It's usually a high point or a yeah. body of water, the two things you're looking for. So you look at that and you can compare that to what's on the map and try to kind of triangulate where you're at on that map. And then if you know your cardinal directions, north, south, west, and east. You have the compass in front of them. You can position yourself in the same orientation as the map and figure out what direction you need to go. Yeah, it's it's a lost art for a lot of people, that's for sure. But I would definitely say if if you're really wanting to have an adventure, learn how to use those. And they could, I mean, they could literally save your life in given situations. I yeah, know and Adam, I would, with what he does, I can't imagine how useful that is for him. That would be very difficult to do too. Absolutely. Just be dropped. And have no idea where you're at. I'd also add to your list earlier. Um, make sure that if you haven't purchased like a paper map, like one of those Nat Geo maps or something like that, you at least print one out online. Most, like most of the time, you can just go on. Um, I don't know if it's National Forest Service or what, but you can just Google the area you're going to be in, and there's going to be an official map by somebody. Yep. whether it's a state map or whatever, that you can just print that off and stick that in a Ziploc bag and take it with you whenever you're going backpacking. And that t- that's a lot of wisdom, too. You, you don't want to – it's one of those things where you really are – you are talking life and death if the weather was to shift or if you live out west, you never know when the next forest fire is going to start. So you've really got to be careful when you're out in the woods knowing where you're going and what you're doing. Uh, I know most of the most of the online apps, you, you can download your maps, like you said. If you're using Gaia or if you're using All Trails, Art of the Trek, any of those that you're using, you can print the maps out. And when you print those maps out, like you said, have them in a Ziploc bag. If you can laminate them, laminate them. Uh, do something so that if they get wet, they don't get smeared up and messed up. I know a lot of trails, uh, if you go to your your local uh, outfitters, you can actually buy laminated maps for a lot of national trails. So uh, it's it's wise to have those with you so that uh, if, if all else fails, technology can fail quite easily. And so yeah. if it does, it's good to have something that's going to help you out. Did I tell you about whenever I was doing my little uh, JMT through hike in Tennessee about my phone crapping out? No. Yeah, this is this is the only time it's happened to me. I mean, I've had my phone to die and stuff while I'm on trail. And usually what I do is bring like a little battery pack. Or if I'm going on a multi-day, I'll, I'll bring a larger battery pack. Like I'm going later on this week and I'll take a 20,000 milliamp hour, which is overkill. And on this particular trip, this was like 
my first big boy backpacking trip that I had planned myself and that kind of thing. And it was right. me and my father-in-law. And these, these were the first videos I put on YouTube. Oh, wow. Yes. The wow. first six videos, I think. And we were doing like a four or five day trip or something like that. And we get to the day before we're going to leave. Well, it turned out to be the day before we were going to leave. We thought we were going to do an extra day, but we just decided to push and get out of there. Right. So the day before we were going to leave, we, I take that back the day before the day before we were going to leave. So I had to survive multiple <laughs> days without a screen on my phone. So anyway, <laughs> I have this iPhone six S plus is what it was. Right. And I think about, that was the phone that Tim Watson used to do his videos on originally. Am I right about well, that? Was it an iPhone 6 that he used? I think that, well, it may have been, but I would not suggest anybody ever buying one of those because I went through three of them. Oh, wow. and, well, they don't make them anymore, so that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. But on this trip, <laughs> I had decided that I was going to film everything using this phone. And so I'm filming... And then at one point, there's this line that just comes down the screen. And I'm like, what, what is this blue line? And like, I can't get it to go away. I turn the phone off, turn it back on, turn it off, turn it back on. It doesn't go away. And then there's like a couple of more over the next, I don't know, a few hours or whatever. Hadn't dropped the phone, hadn't really got it wet or anything like that. And it got to the, it got to the point where I was laying in my tent watching a UK football game and I was streaming it cause we had service. And as you know, after a football game, they typically will talk to the coaches right, or the winning coach or whatever. And they'll yeah. be, you know, asking about talking points and stuff. Well, I'm watching that. And then the phone, the screen just like goes completely whack. You couldn't read anything and you could only no. see like shadows of what should be there. I was still able to finish filming the trip using the phone because I could see where to press record at. You know, <laughs> iPhone has a camera button on the screen, you know, yeah, like right, a shortcut. Right, right, yeah. So even though the screen didn't work, I was still recording everything. Survived, man. At one point, I even stuck it in a Ziploc bag and called it the poor man's GoPro. And <laughs> there's some terrible videography work of me using this old selfie camera on the iPhone, shooting through a Ziploc bag. That's Terrible, great. but and, you got to do what you got to do, man. Oh yeah, you do. I want to, I want to add one more thing before we get done. Cause we're, this is a shorter episode and all, but I, I want to add one more thing to this. Um, I want to say if you're on trail, don't always trust a blaze. Oh, okay. that's a good point. Don't always trust a blaze. Um, I was hiking the Sheltoy Trace. We've talked about this before. And uh, I remember I was hiking along and I came out, the, the trail came out on the road and there was some road walking I was going to have to do. I looked to the left, I looked to the right, and then I looked back to the left and I saw a trail blaze for the Sheltoy Trace. So obviously I walked towards the blaze. It was about maybe a tenth of a mile down the road. I walked for about a mile and realized I haven't seen any other blazes. So I pull out my Gaia app, open it up, take a look, and realize I had hiked a mile in the wrong direction. Somebody had put a blaze there oh. as a joke. And so I actually walked over to the – it was on a telephone pole. So I walked over to the telephone pole, took the blaze down, 
and send a message out to the Shell Toy Trace Association and to the Facebook page and let people know, don't go this way. And uh, went the other way. And honestly, th- there's a lot of trails that change over years. Uh-huh. And so you'll see old trail uh, markings or uh, trailblazes that are out there that don't work, that aren't true anymore because trails will reroute and do all those kinds of things. And so you've got to be really care- careful to just trust trailblazes. They can be very dangerous sometimes if uh, they happen to be older trailblazes. Because I know just the Shell Toy Trace alone has. Uh, they're constantly upgrading the trail, getting it off the road, putting it to different places. So the trail is rerouting almost yearly in different places. But those trailblazes don't always come down. So you can get lost real easy thinking you're going the right way and you're not. So yeah. that map, that compass, that that GPX file that you put into a, a, a app on your phone, those things are vital. Use all this stuff in concert together because... Um, it's the difference between getting completely lost in the woods and knowing where you're going and getting where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Those trailblazes, like typically you're passing one of those pretty often, but whenever I was, um, on the long trail, it was there before the Appalachian trail. And most people know that are like deep into backpacking Appalachian trail has this infamous white blaze, which is like a three inch one inch one and a half inch wide mark um, three inches long painted on the tree well the long trail uses the same blaze and they actually coincide so whenever you get to intersections and stuff like that you have to pay special attention like on the long trail it's very well marked till you kind of get to the wilderness section then it's not as well marked but you know at some point they fork and one goes left one goes right and if you're not paying attention (laughs) <laughs> you can be walking on the wrong trail or in your case, just walking literally in the wrong direction. And if there's right. one thing I hate, I absolutely can't stand it. I loathe it. <laughs> what is it, Jeremiah? <laughs> it is bonus miles for no oh, reason. Oh, I know. I hate it. Oh, it I makes me it. so angry. I can't even stand. One time we were through hiking on the long trail and there was this awesome couple that were they were parking a camper at one place and taking their car to the next, and then they were backpacking or hiking to the camper. So it may be like one or two days away. And then once they make it there, they could sleep in the camper, refresh, you know, all the good things that you want to do while you're backpacking. And they picked us up while we were hitchhiking. We were trying to make it into this trail town. Right. And then I love them for picking us up, but they dropped us off. They're like, we can only go this far. And I was like, okay, take us where you can. Thank you just for picking us up. Well, we were a mile outside of town. And I was like, oh. And they got, a mile, they got another mile to hike? On the road. Yeah. Uh, oh, at least the there's, I hate road hiking. And it, well, sometimes it's an okay break. But whenever you've like been in the woods for four days and you're wanting yeah. like a good burger and a shower and something, do that your laundry. Like 10 miles. That feels like 10 miles. I stood there for probably 25 minutes. <laughs> trying to hitch this mile and i literally could have walked there twice in the time that i stood there hitching and then oh, once it man. starts getting close to dark you're not getting a hitch typically no. so we had to walk the my trail family and i had to walk the mile into town and i was angry every minute <laughs> of it <laughs> and then we got you're there stewing as you're walking down the road. I was, oh i wish they could have dropped us off a little nobody will stop and pick us up what's the deal with this town <laughs> why are all these we got passed by i don't mean to call out subaru drivers 
but we got passed by so many Subaru drivers. And I was like, I thought Subaru drivers are the people that were supposed to pick you up. Right. Like if, if, They're if the outdoorsy you, people, right? Right. Yeah. But the, we got passed by more Subarus than any other vehicle. Probably not, but that was my take <laughs> on it. But we made it to the town and we did oh, our yeah. laundry and stuff. I still didn't get to shower. So that sucked. But I've, I've done the bonus mile thing. I remember we were supposed to hike a 13 mile day. Uh, gosh, it was like in the fall of 2018 and I ended up hiking 19 that day. Oh, 13 was good by itself. Yeah. I ended up hiking 19 miles that day. I remember that was at that point, that was the longest I had hiked in one day. And at the end of that day, I had a really nice heel blister. Wait, oh, how did we were hiking from the north end of the Sheltoe Trace, the very, 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 not the Sheltoe Trace, the uh, Red River Gorge. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it technically is not even the Red River Gorge yet. Um, it's part of the Sheltoe Trace. And you hike into the gorge and then you hike through the gorge all the way to Miguel's. That's what we were doing that day. Sure. And uh, yeah, so it was only supposed to be like 12, 13 miles. I think I ended up hiking 19 that day. Oh, that is yeah. beast, dude. Had a buddy, had a buddy who broke his, his foot seven miles in and, and he hiked the 19 no 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 no. we had to stop i had to keep going back and checking on him because he oh. quite a bit. and so i was doing a lot of forward and back and forward and back to make sure he was okay because he just couldn't keep up and i think he was kind of annoyed if we hiked slow with him because he was embarrassed that he broke his foot so uh <laughs> embarrassed that he broke right, his foot right he was but he was wanting to muscle through because i don't want to stop what i can't i want to wait what i started and how does like, one how does one break their foot what happened well we were hiking um the section we were hiking through we had to hike on this like old country road it was like an old dirt road that nobody nobody drives on anymore it's probably used for hunting now and that's it Mm -hmm. um and he had stepped on a rock and it turned his foot sideways oh and he didn't see it turned his foot sideways broke his foot there was a bone sticking out the side. It was really awesome. Um, I mean, it didn't, go through, it didn't go through the skin, but you could see where it was poking out. Like, oh, yeah, so did he bad. immediately? Did y'all immediately stop and evaluate, or was he? We did y'all know. even know? He he was behind us for a while, uh-huh. and we just assumed he took his time, and because he's he's kind of an easygoing dude, and mm. so we just kind of assumed he was taking his time and whatever. But uh, we get to we stop, and my buddy Flash had had a hot spot on his foot, so he was putting a mole skin on, trying to take care of that. And then here comes my buddy Julio coming down the trail real slow. He sits down next to me, and this is literally what he says. He looks at me with a smile on his face and goes, Brother, I think I broke my foot. (laughs) 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 So, and he's from Jersey. So it's like he's he's Puerto Rican and he's he's from Jersey. And uh, so he says, Brother, I think I broke my foot. And so we looked at his foot, and yeah, it was definitely broken. And so we're like, Dude, we got to get off the trail. He goes, No, I want to finish what I started. Oh my We're gosh. Like, what the heck? So we hiked him to uh well, you know where the uh the big suspension bridge is everybody loves on the north end of the of the gorge? Yeah, absolutely. We got him to that parking lot. We got him to that parking lot and dropped him off and then we hiked from there down to uh, Miguel's. Wow. So, so yeah, we ended up we were supposed to get to Miguel's around one o'clock in the afternoon and we didn't get there till six o'clock at night. Did you get picked up to be taken to Miguel's? No, we hiked straight through. You walked all the way to Miguel's? Yeah, yeah. That was part of the trip that day. Wow. And did you have to backpack the next day? No. That was actually, what we did was we created a, a flip-flop hike. 
uh-huh. on the shell toey because both of the terminuses on the shell toey suck. So we decided <laughs> yeah. a better way to do it was to uh, go north to Miguel's and then go south up to Miguel's. So yeah. we got to celebrate with pizza twice. So yeah, finish there. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. Um, but yeah, that's what we did. And how did it feel to walk the next day? Oh, my feet were killing me. It's mostly that. It was mostly that one blister, man. That thing was brutal. I mean, I think it was probably a half inch off the back of my heel. Uh, at the end of the day, it was bad. It was really bad, dude. We were trying to do as many twenty mile days as possible. Forgive me, listeners, if you've heard about this before, but I'm gonna say real quick again. We were trying to do as as many twenty mile days as possible whenever we were doing the long trail because once it splits off from the AT after like the first hundred miles then it gets a lot more rough and you can't go as fast. So we strung a few of these 20 mile days in a week and like it was beating me up pretty bad. And I, I literally had to take two zeros in a row and like could hardly walk. I remember walking, we took this bus into this town um, in Vermont and I wasn't wearing my trail runners. I was just wearing my camp shoes, which is those, which were those 99 cent flip flops from Walmart. Oh yeah. And I was walking around town in those and my ankle and shin were swelled up so bad. I had been icing them. I just been sitting. There's this place called the Inn at long trail and they have like a bar restaurant attached. And, um, they have this like community room for through hikers and just people staying at the end and they had all these instruments in there and I'd just been sitting in there playing guitar and singing and icing my foot for like <laughs> two days. Now tell me you got video of that. <laughs> Bro. At that point, I was just trying to survive. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I was, I remembered the only thing I wanted was some donuts. So I bought, we saw this guy, and I think his trail name was like Frosty or something like that. He had a full pack of donuts strapped to the back of his backpack, like the Smart big cardboard man. two dozen box. Oh, yeah. Strapped onto the back of his backpack. And apparently every time they went into town, he would buy like a whole box of donuts and he'd eat a bunch and then give them out on trail because he was through hocking the AT. And I was like, all I want are some donuts and I sat there <laughs> I sat there and ate so many donuts oh wonderful oh that's awesome <laughs> wonderful Man, memories speaking about food it's about time for me to get off of here because I got to go eat dinner with my family oh so, my belly's uh, grumbling I uh, know so I'm thinking I have to get off of here now but uh want to give a big thank you to Art of the Trek for sponsoring today's episode and uh Jeremiah it was good hearing that I'm not the only person that gets lost in the woods that makes me feel much more comforted about it. <laughs> yeah, I get lost a lot. Oh, man, I'm right there with you, bro. But I've had a pleasure, man. It's Absolutely. It's been great. Absolutely. Well, for myself and Jeremiah, thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Backpacking Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>